Section 30 of the Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Rev. M. P. Hill. Dogmas. Objection. The binding force of dogmas is an unendurable slavery for the human mind and an obstacle to scientific research. Let us not forget that the manufacture of dogmas at the Vatican has not yet come to an end. Chackert. The answer. As well might one say, mathematics is an unendurable slavery for the human mind. It makes me swallow the statement that twice two is four, and it is an obstacle to scientific progress by forbidding me to say that twice two is five. The case is exactly analogous to that of dogma in its relation to science. Dogma is simply the expression of absolute and undeniable truth. It is neither more nor less than what God has revealed, and for the truth of it God, who is truth itself, has pledged his word. Truth is the special and distinctive good of the human understanding. Therefore, if, to some extent, the possibility of mistaking error for truth is removed from the understanding, that surely is not slavery but emancipation from error. Progress in science will never be hindered by truth, and therefore never by dogma. On the contrary, it will be stimulated and promoted. The acquisition of one truth cannot prevent us from seeking and finding another truth. Manufacture of dogmas is an excellent catchword, but the idea is rooted in misconception. It would not be surprising, it is true, if new definitions of doctrine were yet in store for us, as it would not be surprising if certain truths which the Church believes implicitly today were formally and explicitly defined tomorrow, or, in other words, if what is really contained in the original deposit of faith were clearly brought into view by dogmatic declarations. But it is only misconception or prejudice that can call such a defining truth of manufacture of dogmas. The remarks of a German writer, Dr. Mausbach, on this subject are well worthy of consideration. The Catholic Church, he says, has always regarded the books of the New Testament, not as a system or a complete and final course of instruction, but rather as an outcome of the living preaching of the Word, a compilation of various apostolic documents, originally issued as occasion demanded, but nevertheless possessing in their freshness, vigor, and depth, as well as in their God-inspired dignity, a value that placed them far above all systems of human knowledge. But as the gospel was to be, as our Savior expressed it, a good leaven that was to penetrate the whole life of man, the blending of the supernatural truths of revelation with those found in human systems of thought, involved no sacrifice of the purity and simplicity of the gospel message, but was rather a legitimate form of its development. As the germs of truth that lay dormant in the bosom of the early church were, like the grain of mustard seed, to expand later into the fullness of their life and growth, so it has come to pass that the simple and germinal elements of divine truth that appeared in the teachings of the apostles have, at a later stage of the development of God's kingdom, been more fully differentiated and more definitely related. These remarks will have thrown some light on the alleged influence of Greek philosophy on the teachings of Christianity. That early Christian dogma was a tissue of Greek philosophical ideas is a favorite theory of Harnack's. The whole of Greek, i.e. heathen, thought, he tells us, in its fullest development established itself in the church. Now this notion, as entertained by Harnack and others, implies that the deposit of the faith received by the church was substantially modified by contact with Greek philosophy. The assertion is easily made on the basis of mere surface indications in the dogmas of the church, and it cannot so easily be refuted, at least fully and satisfactorily, in a few lines of print, but the burden of proof rests with the church's accusers, and, what is more, the presumption is strongly against them. From the beginning, Christianity has been marked by a spirit of conservatism that is all its own. If there is anything that was characteristic of the early pontiffs and fathers, it was the jealousy with which they guarded what had been taught since the foundation of the church. Whenever they reached out to the future, they first made sure that they were safely anchored in the past. 
The burden of their contention against every new heresy was that it was not borne out by apostolic tradition. And this is the church that is lightly and superficially accused of changing its message to mankind under the influence of Greek philosophy. See Development of Doctrine. End of section 30. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.